Welcome back to Hawaii Real, everybody. I'm your host, Io Ke'ehu, and I have with me one of those famous people behind the scenes, Dustin Carvalho. What's up, everybody? Makeup and hair artist yes. extraordinaire. You, a magician. A magician. You've <laughs> done like some super famous people here in Hawaii. But you're also saying that you were um, you run one of the pageants here. Yes. Or the Miss Hawaii pageant. Yeah, I'm a preliminary director for the Miss Hawaii America organization. How's that going with the pandemic and everything? It's been rough. The girls um, have just been trying to keep busy and just kind of maintain their platforms throughout the year without really having that moral support of that physical contact with the people that they normally would be doing. Many of them would go into, what would you say that? Um, like the old folks homes or they would go into shelters to feed them and things of that nature. So they, they haven't been able to do that because of the pandemic. So they're finding alternative ways to stay busy and still be impactful for the community. It's like the whole community service kind yeah. of thing just kind of dropped off. Just kind of dropped off. Yeah. And our Miss Hawaii had to add another year to her reign so she she's was happy, just thinking happy about that yeah i mean she's here in hawaii and she gets to hold on to that title another year i don't think many people have had that opportunity so are you guys planning for 2021 uh to go no. back into service 2021 everyone's gonna resume back nice. into service and the girls will be able to compete on stage um next year at 2021 yay yeah. get them back in there it's, it's gonna be exciting i mean i told everybody look at it this way you have another year to prepare yourself to be your best you. Yeah. So who's the most, most famous person you've uh, done hair or makeup for? You know, honestly, I, every people ask me that. And I always say that everyone to me is important, you know, Ooh, good answer. and I feel that every person brings a different vibe to the table and having to work with different races, different people, different backgrounds. It's really helped me to grow and to understand what I do as an artist and why people, you know, are so um, involved in wanting to do hair and makeup when they do things and how they present themselves. So I have to say everyone, every person that I touch is important to me. That's really interesting. You said that does, does coming from Hawaii and dealing with uh, a vast majority of our vast different, vastly different uh, ethnicities of people, does that give you an advantage and make you better than say like your mainland counterparts who only maybe only deal with, you know, white people or black people or Latino people? Well, I, I was I was thinking about that one day that living here in Hawaii and doing what we do, we, we have that cultural diversity and we're able to really get our hands into every every different race. Every, you know, so when we do these things, we we have the experience of working with people that have different textured hair, mm -hmm. um, different skin tones, you know, so we have we see it all here. And so it makes us more diverse in what we do, not necessarily better than our counterparts outside of the states that do this. I think it's more so that we have that advantage of being able to take what we learned here and possibly help them, you know, learn what they what what we've got to learn working with different backgrounds. Yeah, I only bring that up because like uh, the HBD uh, sketch artists mm -hmm. were like really really good nationwide, or you oh. know they're they're um, they would go to these nationwide um, conferences and stuff like that and meet with other. Uh, sketch artists from other places across across the United States and the guys from Hawaii would consistently be better just because they're constantly dealing with trying to draw different ethnicities and, well, and such like that whereas their mainland counterparts aren't they're yeah. mainly dealing with like if you have uh 
a sketch artist that works in Detroit. He's probably doing just black people. You know, it's a majority black people in that area. So it's it's one of those things that, you know, it brought like a whole diversity thing to their profession. So Yeah, we definitely have a advantage here working with different races and cultures that we understand people's um, differences and that we're able to keep them to who they are, but also um, put that little touch of who we are into that. So you're taking like a Hawaiian Islands type of approach to it? Yeah. Yeah. Every time I work with a pageant girl and it's outside of the States, you know, I always tell them, well, let's bring a little bit of a flair of who we are into our work so that people can still identify you as a girl coming out of Hawaii, you know? What, what kind of uh, what kind of things would that be necessarily? Possibly adding a flower in their hair, mm-hmm. you know, just so that they can, people can identify who they are. Um, and, and a lot of people thought, you know, that was outdated at one point. You know, Hawaii doesn't have to be recognized as the girl with the flower in her hair all the time. But I think it adds a special touch, you know, especially if it's a flower that either represents who they are or where they're from in the States. Um, it allows them to, you know, identify them in a different sense, in a different way that people can connect to them easily. It's a conversation piece. I feel that if a girl has that in their hair, it makes them say like, oh, what is that? Or why are you wearing that? You know, so it becomes a great conversation for them to start up with. Yeah, it's like there's their meaning behind that specific yeah. flower that was chosen, the color and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of goes hand in hand with everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. You were saying you have like a very diverse background. You were a military brat. Yeah. Do, do a lot of people know that about you? Honestly, I, I, I don't think so, you know. I, a lot of people are easily mistaken that I'm a local boy here from Hawaii. Although um, I'm, I'm my parents are originally from, you know, the islands and mm-hmm. they're from the big island that – Everyone just assumes. So it's funny because when I when I do gigs and I have to travel somewhere, they'll give me the like the area where I'm supposed to go. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know where that is. And they're like, aren't you a local boy from here? And I'm like, honestly, I am a local boy. Um, I've lived here, I think, a long time enough to say that I should know where I'm going. But growing up in the States, I, I really didn't know you know a lot of the places and i'm still to this very day getting to know where a lot of places are so it's it's interesting because a lot of people are easily mistaken that but it's funny that when i i'm in the states people think that i'm mexican or i'm probably from there you know so it's it depending on where i'm from and i've gone to samoa and people think that i'm Samoan when i'm there they try to talk to me in their native tongue and i'm like I don't know what you guys are saying. <laughs> so it's, it's, I think the Donald environment Bob. in which I am, yeah, they, they try to, they probably identify me. So I, I maybe I'm a chameleon, you know, I can kind of conform to the different spots. Yeah. Unless you're like in, well, you said you were in North, North Dakota yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. 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 Are there Mexicans in Mexicans up there? There, there is. Yeah. I, I yeah, think they're they everywhere there for work. Yeah. 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 They kind of spread out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was, uh, moved around the country a lot and, uh, did five years in Las Vegas. So yeah, Las Vegas choke mexican uh yeah. ethnicity people yeah it's good to see do you speak spanish um no hablo no. en espanol <laughs> <laughs> that's the only spanish i know soy americano yeah not i'm not very um i don't have any other languages that i can speak <laughs> although i i've learned like what they call retail japanese working in waikiki and and things like that but i don't no, I'm not fluent in any language other than English. Well, what's your most useless talent? Um, wow. What, what is my most useless talent? Um, honestly, I don't know. I would say 
if talent, if, I don't say I, I can sing, but that's, I try to. So I think that's the most useless because I, I would, I would probably scare the crowd away. Yeah. <laughs> Singing. I have a lot of um vocal friends that are, you know, artists that are very talented and yeah. I don't try to mess with that. No. I'll leave it to them. Yeah. <laughs> Give me them hair and makeup. I'll leave them the, the singing part. <laughs> yeah. No, but the, the hair and makeup, though, um, when did you start that and how did you get involved in that? What was your motivation like growing up? Like, did you want to do that? Honestly, I thought I was going to be a chef. Mm. Um, I had took I always was someone that was interested in the arts. So I felt that, you know, being I was one of those kids that would take a little bowl of rice, pack it, dump it on a plate, try to dress it up with ketchup, make it look like a volcano. And my dad would be like, we just want to eat. Why are you doing that? <laughs> and then I would take it to the table. I would try to draw things and replicate um, pictures that I seen and drawing. And one day I told myself, I was like, oh, if I can replicate this picture through drawing this, maybe I could replicate that on someone's face or through someone's hair by looking at images and, you know, taking that and replicating it. So a cousin of mine got married and I was like, Hey, let me give this a shot. Did it. And then I realized, you know what? I'm going to go into the beauty industry. I think. So when you say give it a me. shot, you're like, they're getting married and you just like, Hey, yeah. I'll do your makeup. I'll yeah. do your hair. Yeah. And it, and I'm, they, they trusted me with that <laughs> for a wedding. No, for their how, wedding. How old were you at the time? I just, I was 19. Oh, yeah. so yeah. But in high school, I always had an, I would, you know, try and I would do my friend them's hair and I'd be like, oh, let's go get this from the store. And we've had some disasters. So to all of those friends of mine that were my guinea pigs or their parents that were my guinea pigs, thank you because they really helped. Yeah. It's not a failure. It's a learning experience. experience right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my friends, one of my friends, um, moms, they, she laughs and she's like, I'm going to bring you a garden hose and frame it because that's how she remembers me starting. I used to rinse her with a garden hose outside when I was in high school and I would color her hair for her. I would, she, I'd be like, how are we going to rinse this out? We don't have a shampoo bowl. And she would be like, um, we have a garden hose. I would like use the hose and rinse her hair out. So she told me she sees where I'm at now. And she's like, you know, I'm going to put a garden hose in a frame to remind you of me being your very first client. (laughs) See, and I come a long ways in the hockey world. We'd call you a hoser. Hoser. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's like an insult in in the hockey world. Uh, it comes from uh, way back when when they have uh, guys in the outdoor rink and everything uh, up north in Canada and stuff like that. You know they play on the rink, play on the rink, play on the rink, and you're charring up the ice, tearing it up. And at the end of the play or at the end of the game, whoever loses the game got to get the hose and hose down the rink and oh, make it all nice and smooth again so it can freeze over again. So they're the hosers. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a good ice skater either. I tried that. Ice Palace is not for me, so I wouldn't do hockey either. Useless talent. Yeah, you said that's useless talent. <laughs> I'm a terrible ice skater. <laughs> yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible. I am waiting for Ice Palace to open up. Hurry up! Uh-huh. Oh, they're not open yet. No, oh. no. In fact, they were redoing their ice. They they tore up all the ice, and they you could look in the windows and see from the Jamba Juice side because yeah. you can see inside. Uh, you can see all the pipes and stuff. So they're re- resurfacing the ice. Well, I I think they need to get that open because people need physical activity. They need to get back. They do. It's getting shaped. They do. Out. They yeah. do. Definitely. Definitely do. Yeah. What's your biggest life accomplishment? I would say my biggest accomplishment in life is being where I am today. I think it's been it's been it's been a tough journey. You know, being in this industry, it's a dog eats dog world. It's very competitive, 
And I think just knowing that I'm still standing and and still doing what I love doing is probably my biggest accomplishment. Just knowing that I'm still surviving in this industry and that I'm still being able to do what I love the most and what I'm most passionate about. So that has allowed me to really define who I am. And so I feel like that's my greatest accomplishment, just still being able to do what I love doing. And you just love doing makeup and hair and making, I guess, what is the satisfaction that you get out of doing that? Is it seeing the result or seeing like the person's face or their reactions or? Well, when you know, one of my very first experiences in this industry, I had a young woman that was going through cancer treatment and she came in for a haircut and she had no family here. Her husband just so happened was deployed somewhere and she came in to get a haircut because she was going through her radiation and she wanted a slow process and she felt that it was best for her to just kind of gradually go through it and remove some of her hair, knowing that eventually she was not going to have much left. So that was my aha moment in what I was doing when I realized that we as beauty industry professionals don't realize the lives that we touch daily when we meet these people. You know, many people are transitioning in their life through something and that's why they're in our seat. You know, some people think that, oh, they're just in there to get their hair done or to look good. But people come in to feel better after a family member passes or to prepare themselves for a funeral. You know, they have things coming up, celebrations or or things that they have to go through in life and for monumental moments and graduation and things like that. So we're a big step in their life to make them feel good before they get out there and have to do something. So with that young lady, as I went through the process and she told me that the reason why she was there, because first she said, I just want to cut it all off. And I was like, well, why would you want to do that? And she did, I didn't know the background as to why. And she explained that she's going to be going through her radiation and that she knows she may be getting a lot of hair loss. And she felt that it was best if she went ahead and just removed her hair now. And as I spoke to her, you know, and she told me that that was like I said earlier, that was my aha moment. Why I do what I do? Because I was there for that moment of that person having to go through that. And it was I felt it was in my power and to kind of guide her through that moment and help her she didn't have no one here. So I had to kind of be that person that was through her in that moment. And as she, as she told me she was the only one here and whatnot, we stayed connected. I sent her flowers up to the hospital and whatnot during that time. And we still stay connected to this day, but it reminds me why I do what I do because you, you never know who's going to be in your chair or what they're going through. And you always have to just keep an open mind and understand. I've even had people message me that their child is you know, going through a moment in their life where they want to transition who they are as a person and they don't feel comfortable going to just anyone and that they want to, I had a young mom reach out to me that the daughter said that she wanted to be a boy and that she didn't feel comfortable going into any salon and that if we were going to do a male haircut on her, that she wanted to feel most comfortable being there um, in a place that was going to accept who she is. So there's a whole nother side to the industry that you really just don't see on the outside. We just think that it's so superficial at time, but there's moments where we really, it defines who we are in this industry. With your hair and makeup, that, uh, that's not just locally, right? It's gotten you to travel all over the country, all over the world even. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I've been as far out as Samoa and New Zealand doing this and what I love. I, I think like one of my, 
best moments of traveling, doing what I love is working with Auli'i as she was Moana for Disney and going out to Samoa where she was able to give back to their culture there um, and being a part of that and seeing that not only from the hair and makeup side, but being on that journey with her and seeing what she did and Disney did itself for the people there. It was it was super awesome. So I I enjoyed that moment, getting to travel, working with her and having that experience outside of the hair and makeup and just being there and experience the Samoan culture at the same time. What kind of things were Disney doing out there? So they went and visited the Boys and Girls Club. They also did some things at the university there. They premiered the movie um, in the theater there in Samoa. And they did a whole cultural um, welcoming um, for her and the crew at Disney. So we all got to experience that and be a part of that whole event. And we were there for a week and a half. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I, I've got to travel and, and and do these things and be not only on the outside of doing the hair and makeup, but being a judge for a pageant, um, be coming from the beauty industry and being able to travel in that sense. Also, um, I went out to Washington last year to be a judge at a pageant there. So that was awesome. Washington State, D.C.? Washington, D.C. D.C., nice. I mean, Washington State, sorry. I was still nice. With that. Yeah, still nice. Still, still nice. nice. Was it Seattle? Were they having the riots yet? No, I know there no riots there. It was Seattle though, and I and I got to go and um, experience like that, um, that Pike's Marketplace mm-hmm. and do all of that stuff there. So that was cool. Yeah, Seattle's nice. Um, I went up there and visited one time and went to the UW and yeah. saw the campus and stuff like that. It's really nice. There's a lot of Hawaii people up there. Yeah, a lot of Hawaii people there. Is that why the pageant was up up there? Um, well, there is a that area there um, where the pageant was. Um, necessary that was it was a pacific pageant so it was for anyone within that pacific region of mm-hmm. like in the pacific but they had the pageant out there yeah so did you ever make it north to canada no i never been to canada yet but that's a place for me to go i definitely want to go there my dad my dad and my grandfather has gone to canada but i haven't been yeah um we went to uh vancouver a couple times mm-hmm. and so in vancouver they have a team called the canucks mm-hmm. And what I didn't realize until I went there and, and visited was that they derived the name Canucks from, uh, well, it's, it's supposed to mean like a logger or a lumberjack kind of person up there. But the people who were lumberjacks back in the day when they came up with the term were from Hawaii. Mm, so, interesting. And so Canucks was actually Kanakas. Kanakas. Yeah. So they were taking Kanaka and they just cut off the A at the end and call them Canucks. So. The word Canucks is actually Hawaiian. Yeah, Hawaiian. Hawaiian. Interesting, interesting. Interesting, yeah, interesting. Useless facts. Useless. <laughs> right in here. <laughs> That's funny. Speaking of useless facts, someone was on Family Feud. Yeah. That was a great experience, you know, um, having the opportunity to represent our family, um, the little town that my family's from in Kohala, the states, being representing Hawaii um, on that national platform. That was super awesome. Steve Harvey was great, uh, great guy. The whole team there, the Tyler Perry Studios where they where it was held at in Atlanta, Georgia, that was super awesome. They had a lot of, for this pandemic, they did a great job in keeping everybody safe and um, well entertained during that time we were there for that week. Did you guys' episode already air? No, our episode didn't. We're, we're looking forward to it airing shortly, um, possibly between now and January. 
Okay, so yeah. we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out on that, yeah. Oh, so I can't, we can't like spo- have any spoilers no, about no stupid spoilers. answers. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was a fun moment, though. It, what you don't realize is that when you're on that stage, you know, you know everything when you're at home, right? You're watching the show and sure. you're like yelling back at the TV. Yeah. You're like, how did you not know that answer? But when you get up on there and you're on that stage, the music is going, Steve Harvey's in your face, and you realize you're like, oh my gosh, I'm on this TV show. And your mind slips. You, yeah. you 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 do have a slipping moment and you're like, oh my gosh, but awesome experience overall. I, I think that, you know, during this time of this pandemic and having that opportunity to be with our family, you know, although we had to travel away from home, it was it was great. I think it, you, nobody really is, realizes that the word feud can bring families together or yeah. it can actually be a positive thing. So. Do you think they run Family Feud that way so that they get people to say like crazy answers and they um, put pressure on people because because it's funnier? Yeah, I no honestly, it's 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 really weird because it's it was a great experience. I don't think I don't think so. I think it's just when you're up there, it's funny because you just don't know what's gonna come out of someone's mouth. You know, <laughs> it's just like okay. I love watching those clips on like yeah. YouTube and stuff like that. You know, I was just like, I hope we don't make those YouTube. Um, <laughs> segments where the people mess up that that i was crossing my fingers for that i was like please let us not be on that episode you know yeah but we don't know we don't know what what's gonna happen um one thing you'd find in a bedroom hot dog yeah <laughs> what yeah hot dogs. Dogs, yeah. <laughs> it, it was funny because the answers that some people said you're like what but then you get up there yourself and you yell out something and you're thinking they must be thinking the same thing about me <laughs> yeah so I'm looking forward to it. How did you guys get on that show? Um, it was an audition process that we had to go through. It was a last minute on my part. I mean, did they did they like did they announce it here in Hawaii or Yeah, so they actually auditioned here in Hawaii at the convention center. Oh, okay. It was um so I seen it. A client of one of our stylists had mentioned, oh, that their family auditioned for Family Feud, and I was like, Hey, I want to do that. And so I went in, found out the information and submitted um, an audition video contacted us. We did a live audition at the convention center. And after that, we were then informed that we would be traveling out to Atlanta, Georgia. Ooh. So it was super, it was, it was, it was an interesting process, but we, we got there. We got there. Yeah. Represent, yeah. represent. And it's, it's fun because we, we got to meet a lot of different families from across the States and, you know, like I said, during a time like this where there's so much going on in this world, you know, we were we came from different backgrounds, different races, different religions, different beliefs. And we were all able to be under one roof together and not have a problem. You know, so I, I think the world needs to tune into things like that and see that, you know, you can come from different places, different backgrounds and have different views, different answers. And you still can come together in a time where this world is just so crazy and this whole thing and still be able to um, find humor and um, a good sense of who we are and build relationships with people. So the relationships that you're building with your clients and stuff like that, do you find that it's um, it helps you out with having like a different point of view for different things and different topics like that because you're dealing with all different types of people? Yes, definitely. Because, you know, you, you never know what the, the conversation may be when you're yeah. getting these people ready and what they bring up. And so I always tell everybody, you know, you have to keep an open mind because not every person in your chair is going to 
believe what you believe or understand what you understand and you're not going to understand what they understand. So we try to keep it, you know, in a sense where the conversation never gets political or the conversation never, you know, gets anybody in a sense where they have to defend themselves or who they are, or what they believe in. So we try to always keep it positive and but I know that when we're those moments do come up, you know, and the relationships we're building with our clients, it's it's important for the long run because these people become family. They're trusting you, you know, with a lot on their special day, you know, or just to kind of get their hair done. It's it's a trust thing. You have to trust someone. Your invest it's an investment to to be able to go out there, get your hair done, get your makeup done, do your lashes. It becomes an investment. So when you're investing, you have to trust somebody. And when you're trusting somebody, you you being the person that they're trying to trust, you have to be able to exemplify that to them that you can be trusted. So you always just want to keep it positive. Yeah. I imagine because you hear about people um, maybe on social media and stuff like that, they're, they have like their bubble, their yeah. little bubble that they're of people that they discuss things with or bounce ideas off with or get information from. And that never really changes that much. So that kind of molds their opinion right there. But it seems like you have like a huge bubble. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I although I have a huge bubble, I, I try to keep what's in that bubble very, very solidified and mm. condensed because I feel like sometimes less is more, mm. you know, yeah. especially in this industry. Less is more. Less is more. It, it, and yeah, I can speak to that sense. Less is more. Even in the makeup, you know, we always tell everybody less. We tell the client less is more. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like adding makeup and yeah. stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. Because putting on makeup to look like they're not wearing makeup kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Do you have a life philosophy? Um, I always tell myself life is a journey and take the world less traveled, the, the road less traveled. And to that, I mean, you know, everything you experience is going to be difficult, but if you always take the other route and, make it the best that you can, you know, you may find yourself back at the start, but as long as you get through that and get to the end at some point, you know, you and do your best and be your best, then that journey is going to be well sought out. So, so you're talking about like not taking the easy road yeah. necessarily. Yeah. Because I mean, nothing's easy in life. You know, you're always going to have that bumps and turns and everything that you have to go through. And sometimes the road less traveled, you know, where you kind of have to take a different route sometimes and experience it on your own without, because I mean, a lot of people in this day and age, they, they want to be very opinionated and mm -hmm. we often find ourselves trying to get advice from other people versus just doing what your heart desires or trusting in your own intuition and just going for it. You know, we always want to ring our moms or ring our best friends and be like, Hey, what do you think? Or should we do that? Versus, Sometimes just going with what we believe is going to work best. And if it doesn't work best, being able to start back up again and, and trying a different way so that you can get to the end result. So when you say like working with what you believe and stuff like that, are you um, referring to like following your gut feelings at all? At all? Yeah. I, I, I truly believe that you're going to find yourself in times where you, you maybe not know what to do, but that your gut always will guide you. And I find myself in that place sometimes where I'm just like, that gut feeling, I need to go with it, you know, and I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I'm like that gut feeling. I want to push it aside and just be like, you know what? I'm going to do this no matter what that gut feeling is telling me. So I think you kind of find yourself when and when 
not to do it or when to do it. And if you don't, just run with it. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I think it's like a Native Hawaiian thing that um, the decision making came from like your stomach, your no, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, not necessarily your brain. Yes. So that's why I always say follow your gut mm. and and go with it, and and your heart will lead you to the right place. Yeah. Deep words. Deep words. <laughs> At first, I was like, is that from Disney? No. <laughs> no, those are good words, man. Yeah. Um, any aspiring uh, makeup artists and anything out there, do you have advice to give to them or anything? Any any trials and tribulations that you've run into that you could, you know, share so that somebody else could avoid that? Or should they even avoid that? Or should they run headlong into something like that? Like I said, this industry is, it's it's tough. You know, it's so saturated in a sense. That nowadays with social media, it's become a thing where anybody and everybody is a makeup artist. You know, people that are very passionate about what they do, they they want to they want to get involved and they want to do it more. And and I feel that every person needs a believer. And I had that believer that believed in me that allowed me to grow in this industry and where I'm at today. And I feel that even if you don't have that belief system to just still go in and do your best. I think being the best who at what you can do and who you are is going to show in your work. I mean, I think that so many people try to compete with one another in this industry. And I think that versus just being the best you defining what makes you as an artist, as an individual and what could separate you in your work and how you portray yourself is important. And I think that finding your own identity and your placement in this, there's enough to go around for everyone. So I think owning who you are and what delivers yourself in this industry and how you portray yourself out there is the most important thing for these upcoming artists or even still people in this industry that it's important that, you know, you, you know, that everyone, everyone needs to put food on their table. And so if we continue to support each other in this industry and collaborate with each other more that we all win. Yeah, I like how you were talking about getting your own identity and stuff like that. So it's like do what makes you unique. Don't necessarily yeah. try to do what somebody else is doing. doing. Yeah. Find find what makes you who you are and what why you're so passionate about it and how you can make a difference in what you do and how you deliver your work. You know, so f- identify yourself that way so that there's always a reason why someone's going to come to you. Because if you're going to be the next person that's and the next person, the next person, then you're always going to be having to deal with the next person, the next person versus being yourself and being the best you that you're going to have that group of people that are going to be attracted to you and that you're going to have that crowd that's going to work your way because they're not looking at you because of other people. They're looking at you for who you are. So as an artist, and this kind of translates with other art, art, um, venues i guess um are you your own worst critic does that kind of translate into hair and makeup also yes i truly believe sometimes we are our worst critics you know we we scroll through social media we see things and we're like gosh i I, what why did i do that or how can i be better or what what's going to be different the next time around and i think that when you are your worst critic sometimes you can you can really let yourself down but if you're your worst critic you know how to pick yourself back up i feel because you know yourself the best. So if you know that you're heading down the road that's not going to work for you, you know what you have to do to pick yourself back up again. So again, follow your gut when, yep. you, when you're in those situations. Yes, definitely. 
you know, nobody gets to the position that you've attained without like, you know, that walk through fire, trials, tribulations, you know, going through um, hard times in life, you know. And you were telling me off camera that you had like a bunch of these, several of these, that if they didn't happen, you would have otherwise still been doing that job instead of where you are today. Yeah, everyone thinks that your celebrating moments are your biggest moments that get you to where you're at and defines your success. But I think that it's easily defined through the trials and tribulations that you go through in life and how it's evolved um, or has defined who you are. I've gone through it all. I, I, I'd have to say, you know, I, I know I'm probably still going to go through more. You know, they say the more you're out there, the more you have to deal with the negativity. And that's why for me, I try to just stay below the radar and just kind of just stick to myself in a sense. And the circle of who I, you know, find myself around are always the people that I know that we're going to uplift each other and we're going to um, help bring out the best in who we are because there's always going to be that evilness of the people that don't want to see you grow, don't want to see you accomplish your goals. And they're the ones that really don't even know who you are. And I found myself in that position a lot of the times is that things would get back to me and I'm like, well, I don't even know who that person is. If that person only got the chance to know who I was and and we got to work together, they would see that anything that they may possibly think is not really who I am or how they they perceived me to be versus how they know me to be. And I think that we fail at life and sometimes where we judge a book by its cover and we don't necessarily know who these people are or what they're about and we don't really find ourselves to get to know them, but we put a label or define them based on what we think we know. And so I think I've often been in that position where people think they know or what they may overhear from someone versus really getting to know me and being a part of it because I'm a very outgoing person. I'm passionate and I want the best for everyone, you know, and sometimes wanting the best for everybody can be a big downfall because you don't get the best for yourself sometimes. And so this industry has taught me a lot. It's still teaching me so much, you know, and I just tell everyone in this industry that I work with and myself that be the best you in who you are so that people, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what anyone says, no matter what anyone may see that you're just being your best self and the best to what you do. So it's been a struggle and I, I'm grateful for that that struggle because it's allowed me to grow and be better at what I'm doing because every time something became a trial and I got over it, I knew that it was going to make me a better person. It's like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. stronger yeah. Exactly. Like that's huge. And people need to realize that yes. they do go through, you know, hard times in life. You know, if, if COVID has taught us anything, you know, it's yes. that dude, there are big roadblocks yeah. in your, in your life that you're going to have to get over. I think many people just want to see that overnight accomplishment. They have to realize that it, it takes time. You know, mm -hmm. everything, everything happens for a reason. And if you allow yourself that moment and soak in that time that it's taking for you to get there, that you can only be more powerful in the end because you went through those moments. You, you weren't, you weren't bought to your moment. You weren't cheated in your moment you worked towards those goals and you went through those moments that are now going to make you a better person so you're talking about like building a grand foundation yes yes and solidifying that so that you have that to fall back on in the end yeah 
off camera, we were talking about spirit animals. Very interesting answer uh, from Dustin here. Yeah, I, I would say I'm a hawk because. Um, and I was like, no, you can't be hawk. That's my spirit animal. That's, <laughs> no, we, we right, well, we spirit brothers now. Spirit, spirit animal brothers. Spirit brothers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I say a hawk because I I feel like hawks are so observant. Yet they're they're just seen f- at a distance, you know, and they they fly high and they kind of look over everything and. When they they make their landing, they they're they're observing as they're moving, they're observing as they're sitting, and they they wait in to see what they're gonna take into and where they're gonna put themselves. And when they go in for it, they go in for it. So I feel like me as a hawk, that's what I am. When I I see where I fit in, see what's gonna work best for me, go in with it. And when I go in with it, I give it my all. And Sometimes the hawk doesn't come out the winner because they put themselves in a crazy position thinking that they can outweigh their prey and they end up getting taken down. And that may happen for me, but no matter what, we still try to stand back up and fl- get off in flight and, and go on to something new. So that's how I see myself. Yeah. I'm similar with that with the hawk. You know, I like the I like the heights. You know, I was never afraid of heights. Um, so I could always liked looking at things from like an above point of view and also from an outside point of view, like just outside looking in and then making a, you know, an informed yeah. decision kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah, I like Hawks. I think it's, I think it's kind of a good practice for people in the modern day to like, Hey, like search out who your spiritual spirit animal or animals are. You know, yeah. a lot of people are like posting on Facebook, like I'm a sloth, you know, it's like, <laughs> Well, I'm not a sloth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna be a sloth. You go work at the DMV. Yeah. Like uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Like that uh, character Flash. What is that show from? Oh, what was that cartoon movie? Oh, oh gosh, I forget. With all yeah. the animals. Yeah. And of course, people watching this like it's that movie. It's like <laughs> I know, but I know the meme with the sloth. Like right. that, that's where it goes. I know the joke. I'm not a movie. I'm. Not, I don't know. I don't. I can't sit down. I. I think I have. I'm too busy to like sit too long to watch things. So I never really, I either watch the beginning of something, the middle of something or the end of something, unless I'm stuck on a flight and I'm watching the in-flight movies and I'm like, okay, I have nothing better to do for five or six hours. I'm going to watch two movies. But other than that, at, at home, I'm not really one to settle in. I try the Netflix thing 20, 20 minutes in. I'm like, oh, what what's next? It's, if it's not grabbing my attention, I'm not, yeah. Were you always like that? Um, what I would watch mainly was talk shows, but I never, yeah, I would go in a movie theater. I would get easily distracted and I'm like, oh, this is, this is getting boring, you know, but I talk shows I would be into. I would sit there and watch. Oprah was one of my mm-hmm. favorite things to watch. And I think a lot of who I am today is defined through the things that she put out in her show. And I followed a lot of her, her ways and how she, um, she, her advice that she's given on her shows. How about Dr. Phil? He Dr. was on Phil the show, was right? Never, yeah, was but he was never one that I really cared to watch. <laughs> it was always um, Oprah, and I and I, I remember when she ended her show, I wrote to her, and um, told her like how much I appreciated who she was and what she did for us people because I would sit there after school and I knew I had to help and do my homework so that I could watch her because oh, she wow. would be on at four o'clock and. If I didn't finish my homework, I couldn't watch TV. So I would hurry up and rush into my homework. And she was like, I would say like I wrote it in that letter. I remember I found it and I was like, she was my second mom because there's the other female that I admired. And I 
and I looked up to and I was waiting to hear what she would have to share or what she would have to say. And and I remember those moments. And when she came to Maui and she actually did something there, I, I was like, oh, my gosh, we need to get there. Even though I can't physically like grab her, say hi to her, shake her hand, I just to be in her presence was was something that was, you know, super awesome. And to hear her like and sit there and be like, wow, I actually heard this lady, you know. Yeah. Are we missing that kind of uh, personality in modern day? Because um, I'm I'm trying to think of like talk shows and, you know, who is today's Oprah? I honestly can't answer that. It ain't Ellen. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly can't answer that. You know, I think Oprah hit a lot of aha moments for people. Yeah. She really did. And, and I think that who she was and how she delivered her messages and the people that she brought into her show you know, was it was weird. It was like every moment in your life that you went through something, it was like her answer was there, you know, or she had that presented in your face and you're like, wow, I literally just went through that. And oh, my gosh, she's talking about that. So I think that that's why I found her so admirable, because I felt like anything I was dealing with or things that I needed to get through in life. I I turned on the TV at four and here it was. Oprah was speaking to me, you know. Yeah. I mean, because like modern day kids, they're not doing that. They're just going on TikTok. You TikTok, know? yeah. And I'm not a TikTok. I don't even know how to TikTok. What's TikTok? Well, I mean, I see it, but I mean, that's I, I was just telling someone the other day, I was like, is that even dancing what they're doing or what is that? Because, you know, that's these moves are just so different nowadays. Yeah. Well, people are saying that like TikTok is like the next iteration of like Instagram, Facebook and stuff like that all kind of combined yeah. big yeah. social media platform. So right. I don't know. It's, it's crazy that that crazy. TikTok thing just blew up overnight. and. Yeah all these things that people are doing. I mean, I have to say, I, I do watch the TikTok for the, the funny moments because yeah. some people are really hilarious and they really have good content. And some people are just like, what is that? Yeah. That is the interesting thing about like social media these days, especially with everybody with cell phones and stuff like that, is that there are amazingly creative people yeah. all over the world that yeah. are posting like legitimately like either good artistry type stuff or good like hilarious and funny comedy type stuff really well thought out stuff yeah so yeah you have to be on your a game for that social media stuff yeah. i'm still trying to adjust and get used to even working my own social media yeah yeah well you have a huge following on instagram no that's not i you know i, I like the the people that i do have that follow me um are the genuine people mm -hmm. that actually know me you know i i'm i always tell myself like it doesn't matter the numbers of the people that follow you. You know, I, I, you know, many people when they first started off, they're like, Oh my gosh, how do I get all, you know, 10,000 followers and everything. But you know, when I look back at it, these people that follow me genuinely care, I know who they are, you know, they patronize my business or they believe in my work. You know, they're, they support what I do. And I'm grateful for that because those are the people that I want to, that, that I feel that, I want a part of my life and my life is somewhat on social media. And so the people that are going to know who I am and that matter most are the people that are going to follow me. Right. So you're going for the quality, quality over quantity. Over quantity yeah. Yes. Not like the uh, old Soviet saying quantity has a quality all its own. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yes. We're not talking about tanks and yeah. guns and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I, I definitely quality mm -hmm. over quantity. Yes. So your um, advice for anybody starting up on the social media thing and trying to get those kinds of uh, numbers and more followers and more views and stuff like that would just be to what? Get the quality uh, yeah. people? Get quality people. 
it doesn't matter the numbers. I mean, I definitely don't have the the large numbers for that, but I have the quality people. And I feel that those are the people that are going to be the most important because they're the ones that are going to go and make those recommendations to other people that are going to come and sit in your chair, that are going to come and find out who you are and is going to allow you to um, expand your horizons in this industry. Because it's sad, before it was a lot of word of mouth physical contact where now you don't even have to know somebody or or even do their work on them they're already gonna like you because of the followings that you have on social media and to me i feel that it's for some people that's right but i think for the most part that you know get to know someone and and really see who they are and see if that even is the right fit for you and why you're following them you know yeah, because you were talking about um, getting to know you on social media and their in your pages and stuff like that. How you're posting not just pictures of your work, you know, putting makeup and doing the hair of people, but you're also posting like inspirational quotes and stuff like that. that you find, yeah, it's more impactful when people mm-hmm. come there for that, and it it there it's relatable. You know, they they it it's like me watching Oprah. She would say things, and I'm like, oh, you know, and these people will read that and be like, wow, that that's me, or or I'm going through the same thing, or or that they they find that connection in, in what you're posting. so. But they're not like separate. Like your work isn't separate from those quotes. They are one in the one, same. One in the same because I feel that it's it's who I am. It's my work in general. My, my work is not only to make people look good, but it's also to make people feel good. And so I feel it goes hand in hand with each other. At the end of the day, and this will be the last question before we wrap up, um, what is the lasting mark that you want to leave on this planet? That... No matter like for for me, like my footprint I want to leave is that, you know, there there is good, genuine people out there. And so I want people to know that when I walk away from this all that there that I was a genuine person that really wants the best for everyone and that wants people to excel and succeed in what they do. And that even if you don't have that believer, they just know that you can do everything possible and that if I walk away from it all that people remember me in a good light and know that I did my work and I did my best and that I'm one person that I think they can call a a good friend and a reliable one too. Dustin, thank you so much for coming on Hawaii Real. Thanks for having me. I mean, I hope I made sense or everything, but it was great sense. (laughs) And I think, you know, people are going to get some inspiration out of your words here. Yes. Thank you. It's good stuff. Yes. Thank you. All right. Hawaii. Thank you for joining us, and as always, stay happy.